Hey, so I'm Raquel Smith and welcome to episode two of Hidden Colors, my story, her story, his story, our stories of infertility and loss. So I am so excited about this journey. Um, I want to first say thank you, thank you, thank you to all who listened um, and shared my podcast, who shared my story um, of infertility and loss. I am so excited about this journey. I had so many people who reached out um, to share their kind words and their thoughts. Um, I also had a few people that uh, connected with me um, and offered to be on the show um, to share their stories. Um, I am so overwhelmed with emotion um, from all of the people that um, listened and really communicated with me how grateful they are and how thankful they are that I was able to share that especially those that um, are dealing with or who have dealt with um, similar journeys with um, loss and infertility. Um, So yeah, so let's go ahead and talk about um, some things here. So I want to say... A lot of the text messages and everything that I got uh, were people, you know, encouraging me and saying um, not to give up and it will happen and God is going to bless you and you're going to have your baby and so forth and so on. And I so appreciate that. I appreciate you saying that because I think a lot of times um, when we share stories or we share things the people on the receiving end of that sometimes feel that what they have to say um, or how they have to respond is in an encouraging way and to, you know, encourage you to not give up and that it's going to happen. And, and that's who we are because we're humans and, and that's what we want to do because when somebody shares something so deep, Um, you don't want to not say anything encouraging. You don't want to say something that's going to make them feel worse off than they're already feeling. Um, but I think for me with my story, um, the more, you know, is the more, um, let's say the right way that you could respond or the way that you should respond or um, not responding how we all tend to respond, you know, when somebody is dealing with something or have gone through something or even experience um, a loss. So one of the things that, of course, I didn't share um, on the first episode is that Uh, during my journey of trying to conceive a child um, or to get pregnant, 
um, I ended up having surgery to remove my tubes. Now, this is going to get really emotional for me because um, to this day, to this very moment, that is a decision that I utterly regret um, doing or agreeing to do. So um, just bear with me a little bit as I go through it. So um, after I um, went through a couple of cycles, that's what we call it, through in vitro, um, it was to the point where I couldn't get to the end of that cycle for whatever reason. And sometimes if doctors aren't clear or they can't pinpoint something specifically or this is the reason why this is happening this is the reason why this is happening as we all do in life they make assumptions so they'll say well this could be the reason this could be the reason but I'm not for sure it's not a guarantee but maybe if you try this it will work maybe if you try that it will work and because at the time I was so desperate, you know, for this to happen, I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm ready to do it. Let's do this. If, if you think that's going to help the situation, then yes, let's go ahead and do it. I think at the time, um, I was so ready for it to happen that I probably would have cut off a big toe or something. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. But just just trying to relate to how bad I wanted uh, to be pregnant, that I was willing to go ahead and agree to remove my tubes um, to do that. So he said to me, because your tubes are filled with fluid, um, they really don't serve any purpose. Because remember in the first episode, I mentioned to you that um, we did try to go in and to unblock the tubes or to drain the fluid that was there. But of course, you know, to us, we may look at a pen and say, this is the size of our tubes, but in essence, it may be a little bit smaller than that. So, um, or much smaller than that. So for them to go in and, um, drain the tube, um, drain the fluid from the tube, it may have caused more damage. So that's what I was told. Um, by my doctor at the time. So he suggested I uh, remove the right tube. So I said, okay, because he said that one was worse off than the left tube. So I was like, okay, no problem. Um, let's do it. Um, I believe the day of the surgery uh, prior to me going in, um, he came and he said to me, Raquel, um, before we go ahead and, and wheel you in just something that I, you know, want to suggest and say to you. And of course I had to sign a paper. He, he then said, um, if we go in and, you know, looking at it, the left tube is just as bad as the right tube. Then, um, I want to just go ahead and remove both of them. Um, so we don't have to go through this again. So if you could just sign off on the paper that, yes, if we go in and it is, then you've already signed off on it and we could go ahead and do that. Lo and behold, went in, um, had the surgery, 
came out um, once I came to a little bit and he was talking to me, told me everything went well. Um, he then said that they did go ahead and remove the left tube. Of course, again, I was fine with it. It's not like I was confused about the decision. Um, he's my doctor. As most of us, you know, we go to the doctor, we look at them as that they're the doctor, they're educated, they know more and all of this. So if he's telling me to do this, then maybe that's what I should do. Um, I won't do that now, though, <laughs> because I've learned to do my research. So, um that was one mistake. But again, you go through life and you make decisions and you hope that in the end you will learn from those decisions, which I, I did. I've learned from that decision. So anyway, um, so I don't have tubes. Okay. So that means that I am unable to conceive a child through the traditional way. So me and my husband can go at it all day, every day for 365 days out of the year, multiple times in those days, and I will never get pregnant. So for everyone that have said, you know, it's going to happen. Don't worry. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. No, it cannot happen that way. The only way for me to conceive a child and to be able to carry a child myself is through the procedure that's called in vitro fertilization. So for those of you um, that don't know what that is, it's a procedure where um, I would take medication, to stimulate my uh, follicles and my ovaries for my follicles to grow to a certain size to produce more eggs. Um, and that's probably depending on how your body reacts to the medication, maybe like a two week or maybe a little bit longer, depending, um, process where you go and you take medication every day, you inject yourself and, um, you have to be on time every day when you're getting, when you're taking the injections and so forth. So your follicles grow, they take the eggs out, um, and then they go in and look to see which eggs, you know, look better, which one is bigger, which one is, you know, the things that they do. They look under microscopes and decide which eggs are good eggs and which eggs are bad eggs. So they take the good eggs. So then my husband now would go in and yes, he would jerk off in a cup and they would take his sperm and depending on how good his sperm is and how strong it is, they will uh, put the sperm and the egg in a peach tree dish. Um, maybe I'm not saying that right. A peach tree, not a peach tree, but a peach tree dish and um, allow the sperm to fertilize the egg there. In some cases, um, they may put the, inject the sperm directly into the egg to fertilize it. And they wait a couple of days for it to fertilize. They're fertilized and then they go back and implant the eggs in, um, my uterus and, um, wait for it. We call it sticking. It'll either stick and, and continue to grow 
or it will not stick and then you will get your your cycle your period and you're not pregnant so um that's basically in layman's term what in vitro fertilization is so the only way i can get pregnant is through that procedure and it's not an easy procedure it's um very daunting taking medications every day injecting yourself with medications um I've I've gone through so many cycles that I'm a pro at injecting myself. Never thought that I would be able to stick a needle in my stomach or my thigh um, on a daily basis. But I, I went through it and I did it. So, um, yeah, um, that procedure actually is very expensive. Um, some insurance companies cover the procedure and some don't cover the procedure. The medication itself is also expensive. Um, one of the medications, for instance, that you have to take during that period, um, can cost up to $10,000. And if your insurance covers it, they may, you know, take off half of it or they may take off less than half, or they may take off a little bit more than half. It just depends. So um, the procedure um, is very, very expensive. So to think about doing that multiple times, you can think about the cost of doing that. The other part of of being able to, to get a child, you know, some people say, oh, well, if you can't have a baby, it's okay. You can adopt um, you, you can be a mother in other ways. And, you know, for me right now, I'm okay with hearing that. But before when all I wanted to do was have my own child through, that's my blood with my egg that I carried in my stomach, it was really hard to hear. So just a little FYI people, if you hear somebody or someone shares their story of not being able to have a child don't say it's okay you can adopt it because it's really not okay um it's it's really just hurtful to hear that because you're feeling as the person that can't have a child that the person that's telling you that it's okay you can adopt really don't understand that it's not okay um yes adopt adopting is an option but many of you may not know that adoption can cost more than in vitro fertilization so just saying oh it's okay you can adopt is not easy unless somebody is just gonna have a baby and say Raquel here's my baby I don't want it you can adopt my baby and I'll sign off and so forth and so on. It may be a little bit cheaper that way, but it's still going to cost um, something to do that. So it's not easy for someone to just go ahead and adopt a child because there are a lot of costs that that's associated with that. Um, and then you will have some people say, oh, well, you can foster, you can be a foster mom and then you can adopt through that. Well, hey, guess what? 
Guess who was a foster mom? I was. I was a foster mom for a short period of time and it's not easy. Um, it's an uphill battle. The whole, um, situation, it's difficult, uh, when you get attached to a child and then they have to go and, you know, in your mind, in the beginning, you can tell yourself that you're, you're not going to get attached and don't get attached because this child can leave at any time. But again, we're humans, we have feelings, we have emotions. Sometimes we can control them and most of the time we can't control them. So um, I just want the listeners, you guys that are listening to this, to kind of be mindful of what we're saying to someone that's sharing their story of infertility or loss. Because unless you've gone through it or unless you're experiencing it, you will never really truly understand what that person is going through. So just be mindful of that. A lot of what we're going to be doing on Hidden Colors is also educating you on how to talk to people or on what this whole infertility thing looks like what it is, how people feel going through it. So instead of you listening to speak, I don't know if you ever heard about this, but a lot of times what we do is listen to speak and not listen to hear. So um, when someone is sharing something, just sit back and kind of listen to what they're saying instead of wanting to listen to then give your opinion or say something. Because a lot of times, when people are sharing, they don't necessarily want you to give them advice or share or give feedback. They just want you to listen because they just want somebody to talk to. Um, so we're going to teach each other to um, listen, to hear and not listen to speak. Um, so, yeah, so that's where I am um, with my infertility. Um, I cannot conceive a child through pregnancy. So, um, it's not going to happen. So I would, would really appreciate, um, if when you're sharing your kind words that you wouldn't say that it's going to happen because it won't. So, um, Some of the things that I have gone through during this journey um, was kind of difficult living every day, you know, seeing people just get pregnant. You know, I I, I lived in New York for 13 years and this is where I found out about my um, infertility and in in New York, because it gets cold, of course, you know, there's winters in New York, those dreadful winters. One of the reasons why I no longer live there, um, people hibernate in the winter and in the summer you have like everybody comes out pregnant. So walking around, seeing everybody being pregnant, you have people that just had a baby Uh, pushing them in a stroller and then next summer you see them pregnant about to have another one that was kind of difficult for me on a daily basis riding the train and 
seeing people walking with their kids and in the back of my mind thinking like, will I ever experience that? Will I ever have that experience? And some of the things that you see, you'll be like, well, when I have my child, I wouldn't do that. And, and all of those things. So dealing with those emotions on a daily basis was very difficult, um, to kind of go through. And for a long time, Oh, so yes. So I'm excited to share this part for a long time. Um, once I found out that I was infertile, that I was dealing with infertility issues. Um, I didn't support others, um, that was pregnant. So let me explain to you what I mean by that. What I mean is after I found out that I wasn't going to be able to conceive a child naturally and that I would have to go through in vitro fertilization in order to have a child, I did not attend baby showers. I did not celebrate other mothers that were able to get pregnant naturally or to have a baby because I couldn't have a baby. Um, yeah, I know it was selfish of me, but it's okay. I had a right to be selfish at that time. Um, in my opinion, a lot of people may not agree with that, but again, this is my journey and my story. So, um, I, I didn't, I just couldn't. It was very difficult for me to go to someone's baby shower that's having a baby and celebrate with them. Um, and I always said the only people that I would have gone to a baby shower for would have been, uh, my sisters and, um, one other person and that person know who they are. I don't need to say their names or anything. Um, but I just didn't go and I didn't celebrate. And after I said to myself, oh, you know what? I accept the fact that I will never have a child. I accept the fact that I may never be a mother and all of that. And I'm just now, you know, just living my life. I still didn't go to baby showers. I still didn't attend baby showers. Um, I remember when I moved back um, home to Florida, I got invited to a baby shower and um, I just couldn't bring myself to go. So I made up an excuse. Um, it was a semi excuse because it was kind of true, but I, I could have still gone to the baby shower um, that I couldn't go. I made up an excuse that I couldn't go and I didn't go. I did buy a gift. I did buy some things and then I took it to, um, you know, that person's house and, and gave it to them. But I didn't physically attend that baby shower because I couldn't. Um, so to share, um, that I have grown a lot and I think I'm, I'm getting towards, you know, um, the end of my, processing journey or acceptance journey that it may never happen um 
I can officially say that yesterday, um, August 19th, 2018, that I attended a baby shower. Yay! I am so excited. And let me tell you, I did not feel any, you know, resentment. I didn't feel any um, type of hurtful emotions or anything. I genuinely attended the baby shower and really had a good time. I even participated in, um, in games and I won in two of the games. So I came home with presents. I went into the baby shower with one presence, with one present or a baby shower gift and left with two. How about that? So I'm really excited and I am so proud of myself. You can't really see me, but I'm actually patting myself on the back right now. So, um, kudos for me on that. So I just really wanted to, to share that. Cause that was a really big step for me. Um, that was a milestone. I, I kind of think I should get an award, um, for being able to do that. So if anybody want to give me an award, I'll accept it. Um, so yeah, so I, um, am kind of, um, I'm getting a little bit emotional, but I am kind of, uh, growing in my process. I am, I am so growing in this process and in this journey and really excited for what's to come. I see so many things happening, um, from me being able to do this and to share with you guys and also to have other people share their stories with you as well. Um, so I really look forward to that. And I, I really want to say that, um, one person that I spoke to about their story actually brought tears to my eyes because, um, she was really, really appreciative of me doing this. And, um, it really touched me and, and that's what I really want to do. I, I really want this to touch people and I really want this to open up doors for people to be able to talk about their stories and their journey because a lot of people are afraid um, to put themselves out there and to share and to talk about this. As I've had people say to me in this past week um, how they saw me every day and didn't know that I was dealing with so much and that I was going through that. And even family members that didn't know, um, that just found out the same time that the people that don't know me or don't know who I am found out because it's not something that you go around sharing with everyone. Um, so you, you, you have to be kind of mindful about the things that you share with people. And I am, I am willing and ready to share um, everything about this journey and this story, because we all have a story 
and I want the people that have um, infertility and loss stories to be able to share that because it's kind of therapeutic um, to talk about these things and to be open and to share it. And this is a part of my healing process. And um, during this healing process, I really want to be able to help others on their healing process and their journey um, in whatever way they feel um, they can do that, whether it's to be on Hidden Colors podcast, sharing their stories or in other ways. Um, So I am definitely ready for that. And I hope you guys are too. So a couple of things I want to share before I wrap up is that um, if you download the app, you can actually leave voice messages. Um, I don't know how you do it, but it's some way on there that you can do that. Um, You can leave voice messages on there. So if you want to do that. And there's also a favorites um, button on there and an applause button um, that you can also press. So if you really are enjoying um, these stories, my stories, um, please go ahead and do that and share with others. I did have a lot of people that say, you know what, I know somebody that's dealing with this, so I'm going to share it with them. So do that. Share it. Um, I had a couple of people ask me, can I share this with someone? Of course you can. Um, this is a podcast and it's out there for people to listen to and to share. So go ahead and share this story and this journey with anyone that you see fit. And they don't have to be dealing with uh, infertility or loss for you to share it with them. It could just be something for them to learn about or to be educated about. Um, so please go ahead and share. And um, for those of you that um, are wondering how I deal or went through this and still continue to be Raquel, still continue to be the person that you saw every day, I can only say that it's it's one person that got me through this and it's God. That's the only thing I can say because without God, I don't think I would be here today. Um it's it's tough and I don't say it enough and I don't talk about it enough, but it's through God why I'm able to sit here and share my story with you um, because he gave me the strength every day and I prayed for strength every day and I continue to pray for strength every day and I remember someone saying to me before be careful what you pray for because you just might get it so you know, when you look at me and you say to me, you're so strong to be able to deal with that or to go through that, or you're one of the strongest person I know, or you're one of the strongest people I know, it's because God gave me that strength. Because if he didn't, I wouldn't be able to to be here today to share this story with you. 
So I have to ask for strength and pray for strength every day to be able to go through life and to deal with what I've gone through. So um, to God be the glory. So I am going to wrap up. I just want to say thank you um, again for listening um, to Hidden Colors, my story, her story, his story, and our stories. And I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.